Welcome back to the Dudes of Davy. We have a very exciting pod for you today. We're going to take the first five, five minutes or so, talk about current sporting events that are going on. There's a lot going on right now. The World Cup, the NBA, obviously the heart of the NFL season. But after that, what we're going to do is we're going to talk hockey. I have my resident expert, also my, my co-host here, who I think he knows more about hockey than definitely anyone in Florida for sure. Um, and, and possibly he's in the top, top quartile in the, uh, in the U S. So we're, we're going to dig into hockey, talk about, you know, a little bit like our baseball pod on what maybe hockey could do to become, um, a little bit more prevalent in, in, in the sporting world. Uh, but there's a lot that's going on. It's a really exciting sport. So right now, look, we, we were all consumed with the world cup as we should be. It's very cool what the U.S. did to make it to the knockout round. They, they came up against a really, really tough team, and uh, it was really exciting. Like, I, I almost had a couple couple strokes watching these games. They're, they are exciting, to say the least. What, what do you think about the U.S.'s performance? Uh, I think it was surprising. I think I don't know if people really expected them to make the knockout round. Um, I think the state of U.S. soccer, based on this performance, Looks, looks pretty strong. I think there's some young talent on the team, and I think they'll probably continue to get better. Uh, obviously, they need to you know, make some improvements in some key areas uh, that we all witnessed uh, on, on Saturday. But uh, I, I do think that, the, and I think as many of our audience knows, the World Cup in 2026 is going to be in the United States. I believe Canada and Mexico, that's correct. At the moment, I believe that's it. So I think you know, cities like New York and Miami are going to be seeing games and I think that is something that should really continue to propel the momentum that is uh, soccer internationally, even more so in the United States. Absolutely. And uh, look, you can, you can see how many more people are, are interested who absolutely didn't care before. Uh, it makes a huge difference when both the women and the men are playing well. Uh, that, that's actually a really good point, right? Because I think for the last eight to 10 years, it's been the women's team. And look, I, I, I'm not a huge soccer guy. Uh, my son does play soccer, so I'm getting more and more into it. And I, do, I think that also makes a difference, you know, when you have a personal connection to the sport. Uh, but I think that, you know, we've been watching the women's team dominate for the better part of a decade. So having the U.S. team qualify in a year that we weren't sure they would, uh, I think really was great to see and almost like was a little bit of gravy, uh, you know, a little bit of an additional uh, exposure for the team. And I enjoyed watching some of the games. And I'm, honestly, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, the, to the next round of, of, of games uh, over the next uh, week or so. Absolutely. It's cool to see Messi doing what he's doing as well. Uh, it, it, it's an exciting time. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting, a couple of big baseball signings recently. Um, DeGrom, and we, we just heard about Verlander. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I mean, you know, speaking to my, uh, my diehard Met fans, uh, most of them were pretty okay with DeGrom leaving for what he left for. I think, you know, a five-year contract for $185 million for a 34-year-old who's missed at least, you know, a season, season and a half of the last three uh, is an incredibly aggressive, rich contract. And I think Steve Cohen, who is not known to be cheap, really just felt like that wasn't for them. I also think DeGrom was done with New York. I think he was done with the state income tax. I think he was done with what I hear. Again, this is just rumors. I think he was... Uh, not exactly the most uh, compliant person with respect to COVID. Uh, I think he got really frustrated with how, uh, how tight it was in New York and how close to the vest they were trying to make sure that they kept, you know, they kept the, 
the credentials in and, and the parameters. So now he's in Texas, where, as we know, things are a lot freer and more open. Mm -hmm. uh, and on the heels of DeGrom, uh, you have uh, another pitcher uh, who I know the Yankees have coveted for a while, signing with the Mets, uh, Justin Verlander, uh, who does come with 30-year-old Kate Upton. And that will be a two-year, uh, $90 million contract. And I think, uh, I think New York and Steve Cohen have done a nice job of, uh, of uh, assuaging the pain of uh, the loss of DeGrom. Absolutely. Do, do you think Kate Upton was factored into this decision by the Mets? <laughs> I could tell you right now that if I was Steve Cohen, I would factor it in. I, yeah. mean, I think she's, besides yeah. being drop-dead gorgeous, uh, she seems like the ultimate fan. So I think it'll be great having her at City Field. Uh, and I, I think Steve Cohen, to a degree, does believe that the Mets are still in that win-now phase. Like, you don't lose DeGrom and sign Verlander, and I think they're going to make some other moves. But I think, you know, it was really disappointing to see the way the Mets petered out at the end of last season, yes. losing three straight to the Braves and losing to a lot of sub-500 teams in the month of September. So he's got to do what he needs to do, and he's got the purse strings to do it. Yeah, it's a very interesting signing. I think it's a great signing, to be honest with you. And and the time frame and, and, and the dollars, I think, makes sense. And uh, we're, look, we're all still waiting on Aaron Judge to see what he does. We'll, uh, I know you're... I wish, I wish him nothing but the best in whatever team he signs with he's that gonna, isn't the Yankees. He's going to be great on the Giants. I mean, he will look so good in that black and gray, whatever they wear, hitting home runs into the bay like Bonds, except without drugs. I mean, right. It'll be amazing. It will be amazing, yeah. Uh, and then, look, with, without the NBA's in full swing now, it's, it's been a pretty fun season to watch. You, know, you got Steph Curry doing his thing. Jason Tatum's probably MVP at this point. In the season, uh, the Celtics are you know playing how I think we we anticipated they would. Um, Your guy Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, wow! I mean, he's he's looking pretty unbelievable right now. The Lakers, you know, it's, it's great that he's coming together. Um, I, I am actually happy for him. He's been hurt a lot, and uh, I still don't think the Lakers are going to do much this year because I'm waiting for him to get hurt again. Um, I'm, I'm not hoping it. Clearly, but I, I, you're always waiting for that shoe to drop with the Lakers. And uh, you're, look, your Pelicans, your, your call's looking okay right now. Listen, uh, I think the Pelicans are doing what they do with a, with a, a 12 deep roster. Uh, FYI, you know, they just casually beat the Nuggets yesterday pretty handily, 121 106. Oh, oh, and oh, by the way, that was without Brandon Ingram again. So I'm just, all I'm saying is just, Keep on being consistent. Keep on beating the good teams. And, you know, let's just see where the chips fall. We're a quarter of the way through the season. So uh, it's exciting to watch, though. It's just exciting to see the Pelicans be relevant, the Cavaliers be relevant. It's fun to see these teams with really good young players, you know, sort of starting to maximize their potential. The Cavaliers are definitely legit. They are they're playing lights out. And Donovan Mitchell's doing what? Um, he's doing he's doing much more than I expected, honestly. He's really he's putting up numbers. He's taken over the leadership role. I think once again the Cavaliers are, are getting a little bit snake bitten with the injury bug. Jared Allen been out again for the last week or so. Uh, I, I know that um, Garland missed a few games in the beginning, and he missed a few games recently. They just have to do everything they can to stay healthy. I know a lot of times it's just luck, but whatever they can do to keep that roster healthy, you know, before they get into the playoffs is going to be key. Absolutely. So that, that's been fun so far through the first, let's call it, third quarter of a season. And then the NFL, which is the, uh, that's the elephant in the room 
It's uh, look, it, it's it's been a great season. There's been a lot of storylines from teams that we would never have expected to be doing what they're doing at the moment. Um, the fact that I think at the moment all four NFC East teams are in the playoffs. That is accurate. Yeah, yes. that, that is something I would never in a million <laughs> years have predicted. Uh, Jets, Giants are playing great. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very interesting season. Clearly, Chiefs, Bills, the Eagles – were expected to be the Eagles were not expected to be anywhere near this good, but they were expected to be a winning team. I, I think the 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 cream is still rising to the top, but you have some really interesting teams in there that could definitely pull off some surprising wins in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yesterday was. I mean, every Sunday just seems to be another crazy Sunday. I can't remember this many weeks in a row where, you know, you put on the red zone. And, you know, you get to the witching hour and it's like six games are coming down to the final possession. But uh, look, the Bengals with a huge win over the Chiefs again yesterday. Uh, Burrow looking excellent. Uh, the team really, really starting to round into form as we head towards the final stretch of the, of the year. And then you have a team like Minnesota who, you know, 9-2, and 10-2 and two at this point, you know, beating my Jets. Uh, listen, Barrios catch the, catches that pass. I do think the Jets win that game. But I also think you can't kick, you know, you can't go to the red zone and be one of six, uh, and that's what the Jets were yesterday, one of six. But uh, I think, you know, from every, from the Cowboys to the Niners losing Jimmy G, what's that going to mean going forward? It, it just, it, it's amazing. The, the, the NFL is like a, a nonstop soap opera, except that it plays out right in front of you, and the storylines change by the quarter, and it, it, there's a reason why it's the most popular sport in the United States. It's very clear. It's just, it's nonstop action and it's from September to February. And when it's not playing on your TV, you know, teams are making all sorts of moves and trades. So it goes on, you know, basically the entire year. It, it, it's such an amazing product. No matter, no matter what they do to try to hurt themselves at different points in time, nobody cares. It's so good. Uh, and, and this season is, uh, this season, the drama week to week is like, I think like not, no other season so far. It's really incredible. Um, and, and it is nice to see, you know, I, I feel like there's a little bit more parity this year versus other years. Uh, I don't know why that is, but it's, it, it seems like there's a lot of teams that were not even supposed to be close to the conversation, really in the conversation. So I, I, think, I think we're doing great this year. Let's do it, Stefan. Yes. It's hockey. It's, Finally. It's hockey time. Let's get everyone excited. We turn, we turn, we turn the AC down to 60 yep. to get the real feel in, in the studio. Absolutely. And I, I will be the first to say that before you moved down here, I didn't really care about hockey at all. Look, I, I grew up in Philadelphia, which is definitely a hockey town. Philadelphia is what most people don't realize is a hockey and football town first. And I think it's actually pretty close, to be honest with you. Uh, and I went to a lot of games and saw the Flyers play as a kid. And I was, you know, I was into it to a degree only when they were like deep in the playoffs. But I, I've gained an appreciation for hockey, more going to games and getting the action. And then playoff hockey is incredible. But what these, what these athletes do on a regular basis, you're talking about 82 games that are almost as physical as a football game and the you know, skating around first of all just skating go put on 
ice skates and skate around and tell me if you're not exhausted after like five minutes, let alone going full force, playing a hockey game. It's really, these are really remarkable athletes and there's some really cool stuff going on in the game. And even the history of the game is just, it started to captivate me. And I know, uh, Hockey's been a big part of your life for a long time. And, and what, what are really the reasons that you were so drawn to it? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, thank you for, for acknowledging that your, your lack of interest in hockey has turned into an actually a genuine appreciation. I think that's great. Um, and I think hockey, I think hockey's for everybody. Um, in terms of for me, it's really simple, right? I grew up in New York watching the Rangers. And uh, the first experience I had of, you know, the exhilaration of hockey was going to a Ranger Capital playoff game when I was like nine or ten, and the building, the old Madison Square Garden, was actually shaking. So the cement and everything was shaking before the game started, and I said, "What's going on here?" Like the fans are screaming, and you know, when you when that adrenaline hits your body, you start to recognize that this is something that you want to be a part of, right? You say to yourself, "This is a, this is the type of game I want to get interested in. I want to follow. I want to watch more." So that's when it all started, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that first playoff game was with Peter Matsukas, so I'll give him that shout-out against the Caps. And then the moment I realized that I loved the game was the uh, triple overtime game, Islanders-Capitals. Uh, I feel like it was like 1989, if that's right. And uh, I stayed up till like, I don't know, 1, one fifteen in the morning, and I couldn't believe that the game wasn't allowed to end until somebody scored. Like, that was it. Like, these guys were going to be playing until somebody put the puck in the net. And it was just so exciting. And yes, it's a, it was a fairly low-scoring sport. Still is, right, to a degree. Maybe you're seeing three twos and four twos on a given night or two ones. But uh, it's just the nonstop action that I think even enthralls children, right? I think children's attention spans are so short, as we all know. A father of two, father of two here. Yep. So you take them to a game when they're five, six, or seven, and you take them to a, a, a baseball game. Well, we've already addressed that. It's just way too slow. A basketball game, it's good. Stops and starts. But with hockey, the nonstop back and forth, you, and you're in and out of there in two and a half hours. Start to finish, two and a half hours max. So I think for me, it's been the adrenaline, the excitement, the speed, uh, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm the first to tell you that the hitting in the 80s and 90s and the fights in the 80s and 90s were incredible. I mean, you, you know, but once you start to understand why hockey players do fight, it does make a difference. You do start to understand that it's defending another player, that it's actually defending your team. And it's not you're not just fighting to fight. So those are, you know, a handful of the reasons why hockey is a, I love hockey. It's probably my favorite sport. You know, I would say hockey, football and basketball are the top three. And they jockey for position. But playoff hockey, as you said, Lonnie, playoff hockey, I don't think there's anything like it. Yeah, I'll watch those games. I'll watch them start to finish. Even if it's like a couple teams that I don't know that well, playoff hockey has like it has an intensity like, like nothing else. And these guys are so tough. It's unbelievable how tough they are. And look, just a lot of respect for the game. Um, I've I've – it, that that's come that that's become very clear to me over the years, um, and I think it's been great that Florida, you know, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, we're not Lightning fans, but both of these teams in Florida have had some real real success over the last five to ten years. Yeah, and so I think when you think about hockey being a you know Chicago, Boston, Philly, New York, Detroit, 
type of game, you know, those are the cities that where you feel like, you know, the original six, obviously including, you know, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Canadians. But I think when you think now about Florida, it's like, wow, yeah, the teams have been competitive and won the Stanley Cups. And then you look at the Nashville Predators, another warm city in the South where hockey has certainly gained popularity. But just to give you the statistic, so in 1990, in the U.S., there were 195,000 youth players playing. Uh, in 2019, that number was 600,000. So that's about a 200% growth uh, in about 20 years, excuse me, 30 years. But so I think that's great from a youth standpoint. Uh, the real issue comes down to, you know, how do you grow the interest in hockey? And can you grow the interest in hockey, not both from a playing and from a viewership? And uh, before, yeah, what were you going to say? So it, I, I think viewership and popularity starts to come when there's something that really grabs everyone. Okay. And, you know, we can get into this now or we can get into this later, but you, you, I think you know where I'm going. Yeah. What I, what I think I want to do is I just want to lay out the three impediments mm -hmm. to hockey's popularity increase. Mm -hmm. And then I think we should start to go into, well, what can they do to turn that around? And I think you've got, you've got definitely a, a, a pretty strong case for why it should turn around. Uh, the first and foremost uh, is the cost of the sport. It's an expensive sport to play Absolutely. from start to finish, from the pads to the skates to the sticks. I mean, do you, do you know the average stick right now? The average you know, good stick is $250. That's just the stick. Right. So imagine that you're looking at the four, you know, the four or five major sports on a big board, and you're like, okay, so I need to buy a stick for $250, and I need a soccer ball for $15. And I need maybe shoes or cleats for what, 40? Right. Or, or barefoot, right. to be honest with you. Right. And that's why sometimes when you try and compare sports popularity and is it organic or can it be, how do we you know, spin the machine around? I think the cost of the sport is very expensive and the access to ice time is very, it's, it's almost you know, non-existent in half the cities in the United States. Right, well, the access to ice time is a huge thing. And then to actually get access to to ice time in different places is the traveling. Like I, I had a friend growing up who who played who played fairly competitively, and it was incredible. He was on the road. He would go 200 miles on like a Sunday morning just to go play, you know, somewhere random in, in like like New Jersey or New York. And it was like this is like a serious commitment. And you know, he's schlepping all the all the gear and he's putting it on, taking it off, and it's it's a whole thing. And then you're you know you're playing a hockey game, which again is a very intense sport. I think it should get more credit for how intense it is mm -hmm. and how tough it is. But so. you, you just touched on, though. So you have the cost of the sport, the access to the ice, and now the travel. Mm -hmm. And the commitment that needs to be made not just by the kids, but by the parents. Mm -hmm. And so those are really the three major impediments uh, to why the sports you know, had, had, has had trouble really increasing its audience and its participation. But the big one that leads into, you know, one of your favorite players is hockey seems to have had difficulty marketing the sport and taking its greatest assets, which are its star players, their marquee players, and giving them a platform and showing the, the world what these players can do. And when NBC had the contract, you know, you had a real chance, right? Everybody has NBC. Well, now there's a, you know, now the network is versus and listen, I don't work for Versus. We're never going to work for Versus, most likely. Versus is not a great network. And they're not doing a great job of promoting and marketing the sport. 
And whether it's, you know, back in the 80s and 90s when it was Gretzky and Lemieux and, and Messier and others, uh, or today when it's the, you know, the Crosbys, the McDavid's and your guy, you know, Alex Ovechkin. Yep. So Alex Ovechkin is, you know, this ties into what we're talking about because I think Alex Ovechkin is starting to get into territory that will start to create more interest in the sport. Um, whenever you can break a record and start adding up accomplishments to be considered one of the greatest players in any sport ever, you you start to build that momentum for your sport all by yourself. Like it's almost like when you know you know you had home run chases in baseball. So we're not quite there yet, but I I I think Stephen, you're amazed by how much I actually track this as mm-hmm. as a non hockey fan. Um, but I've been tracking Ovechkin for a little while now and watching him climb the ranks as he's probably the best goal scorer of all time. He is very singularly focused on goal scoring. So there are plenty of players who have more assists, you know, better plus minus, sure. you know, the whole thing. Sure. But from a pure goal scoring standpoint, um, he's probably the best goal scorer of all time. And he's starting to get into, well, he's already been in, but he's getting into like very rarefied air. And as he starts, he, he's, he's just under 100 goals away from passing Wayne Gretzky. He's about to pass Gordie Howe probably this month for second most all-time in goals. Second most all-time in the history of the game in goals. And he's going to do it. He's going to pass Gordie Howe in like 450 less games. Which is incredible in this game of hockey, and we look. We can get into a little bit of like how the game has changed over time, and if you can compare, you know, him and Gretzky, and how, and and if you can do it properly in terms of look. I, I think I can make the argument. It's it's actually harder to score a goal now than it was back in the day, based on some of the rules. And if you see how many goals were scored back in the day, and we we can debate this a little bit right now in in, in a little, but. We're, over the next couple of seasons, you're going to get you're going to see Alex Ovechkin start to get closer and closer to Wayne Gretzky. And as he gets closer, and and I believe he will pass Gretzky. I think he's going to stick around to beat him. Regardless, you know, now that he's you know within a hundred goals, he's averaging about forty five fifty a game a year. He's slowing a little bit this year, but like you know, he can he can catch fire quickly. He's probably going to get forty goals this year, forty goals next year, forty five goals. And he's going to be, you know, he's going to be in there. And anytime you can pass Wayne Gretzky in such a huge category. In anything. In anything, right? In anything. And he's starting to pass him on some of these, some of these, you know, smaller goal, um, you know, records. But, you know, this one's a big one. And I think it's going to help the NHL if they can market it properly. But what, what do you think about, you know, the goal scoring over, over time and, you know, the scoring in general and, and if this – record is as legit as it should be yeah that's interesting i mean i think that no matter the sport there's always going to be the debate you know how do records hold up over time what has changed about the said game uh, whether it's football basketball baseball hockey what has changed about the game that has allowed that record to either be more easily broken or is it harder to break so on the one sense you can say back in the 80s and 90s players were slower Players weren't as strong. And somebody like Gretzky, who was certainly uh, protected, would be the understatement, by his teammates on Edmonton, uh, was given the 
space and air and time to do what he did, right? And now, and I, as much as I can't stand the following player I'm about to mention, but you look at Sidney Crosby, uh, Sidney Crosby uh, has definitely not been protected the same way Gretzky was. Uh, I've seen Crosby take, I don't know, anywhere between 10, 20, 30 hits that I actually don't think Gretzky would have taken. Uh, and as much as I don't like Sidney Crosby, I certainly respect his game, and he's a tremendous hockey player, you know, top 10, top 15 of all time, by easily, okay? But when you compare, you know, Gretzky to Crosby, or, I mean, I guess it's hard, Lemieux and Crosby get a little bit tighter there, but Gretzky to Crosby I find really interesting because the Edmonton would never let uh, Gretzky get hit. And the couple times he got hit, they legitimately started World War III, whether it was McTavish and Luke Robitaille and other guys that would come to his aid. I can't name the guys that have ever come to Crosby's aid. He just kept on taking hits and keeps on taking hits as recently as last year in the playoffs from Truba. So uh, I do believe that in today's game, I think the players are bigger, stronger. Uh, the ice feels smaller because the players are bigger and stronger. And I wish the ice was Olympic size. Mm -hmm. I think it would make the game much more wide open. Maybe it would be lower scoring, but it would be beautiful to see the skating. Whereas today, you look at these 10, 6'2", 220-pound guys on the ice, the ice doesn't look as big anymore. It just doesn't. Right. So right. I think, but I do think what Ovi is doing uh, and the way that he's done it and the consistency that he's done it with is, is pretty awesome. And I think we both know that him winning a cup uh, really cements his legacy. Because if he didn't have a cup, this would be sort of a, I don't want to say a shallow record, but it would definitely be less meaningful and impactful. Right. No, no, no question about it. It's, it's interesting how, look, Ovi, Ovi has 793 goals, which is, and he's done it in 1,300 games. So he's scored, he's scoring, he's on pace to score at the same rate as Gretzky too. It's, it's like almost the exact same rate at this point. Uh, he's an incredible goal scorer. I personally started watching hockey a little bit more as he started passing these, these players. And look, I'm a pretty avid sports fan. So, but now I'm like, I'm tracking him. I'm tracking Austin Matthews. I'm tracking different players. And again, we come back to, look, you either really love the game of hockey and just love it. And it was, it was in your, it's in your bones from the beginning, mm -hmm. or you start to gain an appreciation for it over time. And I think the players, the individual players, start to get that from you out of over time if, if it wasn't ingrained in you from an early age. So I'm starting to build an appreciation for the game through different players and looking at the history. Um, and look I, look, I grew up in Philadelphia again, and, and – I, my favorite player of all time is John LeClaire. I just loved how he played. I hate him. Oh, sorry. And, and Stefan hates him. But, um, you know, I, I would go through periods of time where I, where I loved hockey. But, I, look, I, I, I urge anyone to take their children to a game, to go to a game, and it starts to get in you a little bit. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a much better sport than I think people realize. Well, and look, I mean, I, I agree with all those points, and um, I'm happy to hear it, honestly. Um, you know, when you think of the greatest hockey players ever, it would, be, it would be an amazing exercise to ask the average person walking down the street, you know, name five or ten of the best hockey players ever. Chances are they probably will mention Gretzky. Mm -hmm. They'll probably mention Howe. Mm -hmm. Good chance they're going to mention uh, Crosby. Mm 
because that name has been around. But I think it's going to, you know, maybe they mention OV, maybe. You think anyone says Lemieux? Sure, sure, from the Northeast, you'll hear Lemieux. Um, But that just brings back the point that the NHL needs to do a better job because today you have Crosby, you have Ovi, you have McDavid, you have Matthews. I mean, these names all should be, you know, splat, you know, splattered everywhere that the NHL is trying to, you know, market the game. And in terms of in the U.S., I mean, you know, obviously, I think, you know, between, you know, Austin Matthews and Jack Hughes and Matthew Kachuk and Adam Fox and Jason Robertson, these guys are, I mean, all like 25, 26 and younger. Connor McDavid. Well, yeah, Connor McDavid's incredible, uh, but you know you don't hear about these names unless you're watching the hockey segment of ESPN, CBS Sports. You just don't hear the names, right? It's amazing. Like like Connor McDavid, it could be like like one of the top few most skilled athletes in any sport, and literally nobody knows who he is. He also plays in Edmonton, which well, you know that's we were gonna we but let's talk about that. Yeah, he plays in Edmonton. I mean, so he's a he's a god in Canada. Right. Crosby's a god in Canada. Right. So, you know, you have these gods of Canada. And look, I know that hockey, you know, you know, Canadian sport, I get it. But, you know, right now, just to give you an idea when it comes to the media, okay? So ice hockey, the value for the media rights in the U.S. is $600 million, mm-hmm. which sounds light, right? It just feels light. It okay? does. Well, baseball, uh, who, look, it's a great sport. We both love baseball, but it's certainly a different sport. And its popularity has certainly decreased especially with certain generations as you get a little bit younger now, their media rights are worth $1.5 billion. NBA is $2.6 billion, and the NFL is $5 billion. So that pecking order is really simple. Like, it's, 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 it's very clear. And then when you start to turn into, when you start to ask U.S. sport fans, you know, what sports do they like the most as, as advertised? It's the NFL, it's the NBA, it's baseball, it's actually the Olympics, then soccer, then hockey. Right. It, it, it's, it's clearly a religion in, in Canada, right? Like I, I had a friend who used to have the NHL package, and I joke with him that it was him and three guys in Canada were the only ones who subscribed <laughs> to that. But, um, you know, he was on to something early. He's from Pittsburgh, so he's a big fan, and he had, he had some pretty nice glory in his younger years. So that, that also helps. But, you know, the Canadians have, have figured it out. Like how come we can't figure this stuff out? Well, I think it goes back to a couple of points I did make earlier on, which is access to ice Right, uh, plays a big role. Yep. And I think the cost of the sport. And, you know, when they did a survey in 2020 of about, I don't know, almost 100 million people as to what sports do you play? What sports have you played? Okay. Mm-hmm. You had basketball being the number one, football, any type, flag, tackle, touch being number two. You had soccer, number three, baseball, number four, and about all the way down on the list was hockey. So basketball was 27.8 million people have played basketball at some point in their life. 2.3 million people have played hockey. Right. It's all relatability. It's, it's all, it's, that, well, it's, 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 it's location, right. it's access, and it's cost. Yeah, it's, it's, right, exactly. That's what it is. And look, we, we, we could put this out there, and there's going to be a lot of people who hopefully have comments and feedback, and we love to hear them. And uh, we will have uh, an Instagram account and a Twitter account shortly. So we'd love to hear your thoughts as to, you know, what hockey can do to potentially gain more interest. Or is it just a sport that's just not going to and it's just going to continue to to exist? Right. You know, we we were talking about how we've been watching all these World Cup games. And again, like it's 
when your team's in it, like you are, you're all over that, and and you feel you feel every shot, every you know every play. But it's like you could watch a hundred minutes of this game and no one scores. Like, why is the whole world so captivated by this? Yet, if you had essentially, you know, what was the World Cup of Hockey? It was the um, well, I guess it would be you know, well, Canada the, versus the USA. Or, right? or the Olympics, right? Let's right. say Olympic hockey, which is awesome. Russia versus USA. Right? People care a little bit more then, but they don't care nearly as much as the World mm-hmm. Cup. And, and it's, it's a global sport. I mean, Alex Ovechkin's from Russia, okay? Yeah. Like you, have, you have players from all over the world who are playing this, too. This isn't just like a U.S. made-up game, right? Like this is it's, – it's, it's actually really interesting. But you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's access. You can, you can take a soccer ball or, and just go outside anywhere and play. I mean, that makes a big difference. I mean, and I think some, soccer has done something interesting, too, with the multiple leagues, right. especially in Europe. I think they've done an excellent job of diversifying, cultivating, allowing star players to go to different teams. And, you know, whether it's Mbappe or Ronaldo or Messi, you know, these players can be on the move. Right. You know, they can go to different teams. Uh, you know, you and I were just talking about, you know, wow, Messi might go to, you know, Inter Miami. You and I are definitely not gigantic soccer fans. Right. Correct? Right. Okay. But the thought of Messi going to Inter Miami made you think, oh, we should probably go to a game and see Messi. Totally. Again, it's it's still star players. I mean, it, star players are so key. Again, the NBA figured that out years ago, and that was key. Yep. The NFL's figuring it out. Well, the NFL's done a lot of things, but they like, every sport realizes you got to market these guys. You you have to market your best players to the best of your ability. It's yep. key. And, and then and you know, so we were just talking about so soccer's got all this you know diversification of leagues. They've got better coverage of the sport, you know, right. with their now new media rights. And look, I, I look obviously the All Star Game just for you know our audience. The All Star Game this year is in uh, Florida, uh, which is amazing. Uh, it is going to be uh, down here February third and February fourth. So we encourage you guys to uh, to attend, to buy tickets, and and see the honestly the best players in the sport. Uh, compete uh, the same way uh, that they do in the NBA uh, with a skills competition on Friday night and a, and a game on Saturday, a three-on-three round-robin tournament on Saturday. Yep, and it's the easiest stadium to go to. It's like basically in the Sawgrass Mall. Uh, so, so come on down. You can get out of there easily. It's, it's, it's going to be an amazing weekend. And I'll just leave everybody with this. If, if you never played hockey, I certainly understand. If you never watched a lot of hockey as a kid, you know, it's hard to get into. But... If you care about sports and you're and you you're proud of your city, whatever city it is, right? I would encourage you to watch playoff hockey first. Watch playoff hockey, and I think that you know the average fan will see and feel the intensity through the TV. If you can get to a game, even better. But uh, it's electric. And look, I know a lot of people who love sports and don't love hockey, and I don't even debate them anymore, right? I just you know relax in my corner, you know, chilling with my Rangers, watching the game. But even non-hockey people, when they watch the playoffs, they will text me and say, God, did you see that game last night? I can't believe it. And it makes me realize that hockey's just not doing enough to, to galvanize the, uh, the viewership out there. No, but um, I think they're going to have a real opportunity over the next couple of years. And I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they take advantage of, of you know, something that's really historic. Well, I, I think if, if Ovechkin continues to march towards that record, I think to your point, every time he gets another 10 closer, you're going to 
start to see more articles and read more Gretzky at OV comparisons. And I know that sounds funny, but continuously putting Gretzky in the same sentence with Ovi and vice versa is going to make is going to turn some average fans into more viewership. And they I really hope that Gary Bettman and the NHL, you know, realize that, which I can't imagine they won't. And they just start to hold a whole ad campaign because Gretzky's willing to bequeath this title to him. He's he's actually said he thinks Alexander's gonna break his record. So get him together. I mean, talk about two guys who couldn't be more, uh, you know, unalike. I mean, my God, you know, Alex Ovechkin, you know, the Russian rocket parting till 4 a.m., coming to the, <laughs> coming to the ice yeah. and throwing his six foot three body into you and, you know, probably talking crap to you on the, on the ice. And then you have, you know, the uh, beautiful skating Gretzky, you know, sitting behind the net waiting for the perfect pass. So if, if you want some history, if you want to start following this guy, uh, he's seven goals behind 800 which is you know, only, two, only three guys in history have ever gotten there. And then he needs 801 to tie Gordie Howe. So he's eight away from tying Gordie Howe, nine away from passing him. That's a big deal. Until Gretzky passed him, that, that mark was not going to be touched by anyone. That was, that was far out of reach of anyone. So um, we, we have a father-in-law, who's, father-in-law and mother-in-law who are from Detroit area. And they will, they will tell you that Gordie Howe is a big, big deal. I mean, so. he's, he's a god. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a statue outside of the arena. Yep. So, I mean, he's a hockey god. So, one hockey god he's going to pass the record of, and then the other hockey god who holds the record and has multiple statues outside of Edmonton. And there, I know there's a statue in, uh, in Los Angeles. Um, we encourage everybody to, to start to track it. At least, you know, pe- peek in a little bit to, to, watch, to watch some greatness get achieved. Absolutely. And anything else on, on hockey for now? We'll come back to this. I mean, anything else? Yeah, my Rangers suck. Um, the Devils are really good. Jack Hughes, American-born. Watch him. He's turning great. Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs might, might be better than they normally are. I hope they are. They haven't won a playoff series in, I think, 40 years. <laughs> right, right. Well, that, that guy's unbelievable. Yeah. If you so, haven't watched him play. Great mustache. Yep. He's totally worth watching. Yep. Um, I would say this year it's, it's going to be a, an awesome second half of the hockey season, uh, really because there's going to be a lot of teams who can win it this year. There's no clear-cut winner. There's going to be a lot of teams, and the playoffs are going to be just ferocious. I really think you're going to see the Devils and the Islanders and the Rangers competing with, the, you know, again, the Lightning and the Avalanche and all these other teams that are in it. Uh, I, I would just I would tune in because you, you're going to see multiple Hall of Famers competing against one another between Ovi and Crosby and Matthews and McDavid, and it's worth watching. I mean, anytime you can name four or five Hall of Famers that are playing each other on a nightly basis, it's worth watching. No doubt about it. So if you're not excited now about hockey, I don't know. We'll try again at some point. But you, you got to stay tuned to we'll, it. It's great. And we'll take you to a game. Like, if you really want to get involved, you know, we'll take you to a game. And, you know, I'm not saying a Florida Panther game, but we'll take you to a game. Right, right. <laughs> to get excited about the sport. Exactly. Well, anyway, hey, hey, even Michigan hockey. College hockey's great. Huge. I mean, it, there, there's a lot of places you can go. Anyway, the, this is the, uh, these are the dudes of Davey. Thank you for, uh, for bearing with us through this hockey pod. Listen, no reason to say bearing with us. That's just rude. You know, it's not like everybody was on, you know, on their hands and fingers listening to tennis. So that's True. cool. Good point. No, that's a great point. Great point. All right. Well, thanks for bearing with us on all of this. We want to get everyone more, more interested in all sports. All right. There's a lot of good stuff going on. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Mm-hmm.